0: Reimagining Black Relations, a podcast on solutions to issues relating to the Black race. Welcome to another episode of Reimagining Black Relations. I'm your host, Dr. Francesca Fajimi. If you've ever had any dealings with Blacks, you have a Black Matter, so this is for you. Together, let's begin to shape and reimagine our Black relations, whether you are Black, white, or brown. Trust me, you will learn, gain, and execute just by listening. Come along. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Give me a thumbs up uh, from the panelist group if you can hear me. Wonderful. Thank you so much, you so Dr. Much. Okay. It is great to see everyone here today. I want to welcome you to this one-of-a-kind event. And we must start by having the number one. Sure. So I am going to invite Reverend Fujimi for the invitation. Good morning, everybody. Human things
1: must be known to be loved, but divine things must be loved to be known. It is not always so much how you do it, but what you do that matters. People are not called to fit in, but to stand out. And so the youths. These renowned, eminent, progressive personalities from varied but diverse professional callings have gathered together under the auspices of your Black Matters to inspire our youths worldwide for a better future. Grant, O Lord Jesus, a hearing, listening, Mm -hmm. and willing heart to all the intended audiences. Father, we pray that you synchronize the summit blessings in all our youths as they take the reign from us. Amen.
0: Thank you, sir. And I want to welcome everyone here today. It is such a great honor to have everyone in the house. And, you know, I must tell you, We have a wonderful lineup of great speakers for you today. Just by way of introducing myself, I'm Dr. Francesca Fujimi. You can read all about me on yourblackmatters.com. Your Black Matters is about that single enterprise that focuses on the single mission of finding solutions to the issues faced by the Black race. And at this junction, I am going to invite the one and only Reverend Al Sharpton, He's our keynote speaker today. He is the founder and president of the National Action Network, a not-for-profit civil rights organization formed in 1991 with over 100 chapters nationwide, including a Washington DC bureau and regional offices across the US. As one of the nation's most renowned civil rights leaders, Reverend Sharpton has been praised by President Barack Obama as the voice of the voiceless and the champion for the downtrodden. Our keynote speaker also hosts a daily radio show, Keeping It Real, with Reverend Al Sharpton, a national cable news television show titled Politics Nation, and he's an established author. Join me to welcome Dr. Al Sharpton. Over to you, sir. All right, well, thank you, Dr. Uh, for Jamie
1: and I'm very honored to be part of this inaugural Pan-African Youth Pay Summit. It is important that we communicate, particularly to our young people all over the diaspora, because we are facing challenges all over. But if the youth and the young leadership and the generations that are coming on are not in the leadership, In the forefront then our dealings and struggle will be in great jeopardy they just finished a world climate conference and we saw that the outcome is that when those that are poorer nations many of them which are of african dominance they the rich nations do not want to make a commitment to dealing with the environmental concerns and the climate uh, concerns of our nation. Well, that gives us not only a sense of rejection, it also is an opening. Because if we start networking, like this gathering today, it is up to young and old African-based people in those rich countries, those of us in the United States, those in the UK, those in France, that we ought to be the ones putting pressure on those countries that we live in, on how dare you not commit to giving the resources necessary in Africa, in the Caribbean, in South America, in Central America. It was not long ago that there were those that had come from Haiti to the United States and they were under a bridge in Texas and they treated them like heathens. Many of us flew down. We must start a global kind of activism where when they do something to our people in South Africa or Kenya, or there's some kind of policy in the Caribbean, in Jamaica, on Haiti, or the Bahamas, that we can react in Chicago, in New York, in L.A., to put pressure on the U.S. government. And they can react in London or Paris. If we build that kind of global movement, we protect this globally. Isn't it interesting that W.E.B. Du Bois, all the way, to Paul Robeson, all the way to those Pan-Africanists in the 60s, can build global connections, global networks, global movements, even before there was technology. So let me get this right. We could build, Du Bois and them could have Pan-African Congress and have people come from all over the world and gather. They could have even the Bandung Conference in the 50s. And they put them together on telegraphs and rotary phones. Here we have all this social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, cell phones. And we are more disconnected. We ought to be more connected. We ought to be strategizing more. And we need not just strategize when we are reacting like the lack of climate change commitment. We ought to be active. We ought to have a proactive agenda. How do we build and undergird the economic empowerment in each of our nations? We have businessmen in the United States of African descent that ought to be investing in African countries and in Caribbean countries. And they ought to be given a priority because we're trying to build a diaspora that has economic power. We ought to have students that are networking with our students here. So as they exchange information and and rise in the struggle and rise in to their own and power within their own home governments, there's already this network of association. We are under siege all over the world. That's bad. What's worse? is if we accept it in isolation. We cannot be oppressed in isolation. If we are exploited, oppressed, marginalized, or not given the same treatment of others, that's on them. But if we accept it and don't resist it and don't fight it, that's on us. If I were to come into the room where you're sitting now and knocked you off your seat, just hauled off and punched you and knocked you off your seat. That's on me. But if I come back next Saturday and you're still laying on the ground, that's on you. What do I mean by that? Even if we are not responsible for being down, we are responsible for getting up. And if you wait on those, That knocks you down to lift you up. You'll never get up because if they wanted you up, they would have never knocked you down. It is time for us to make up our mind, no excuses, that we are going to rise and we are going to rise together. We have no option but to rise because we see the charity of others is not there. They are not coming to get us. They are not coming to save us. We're gonna have to do that ourselves. So it is communicating like these kinds of summons and then having physical coming together and staying in constant contact. And those of us that are movement heads and economic heads and political power heads in various parts of the diaspora must be determined, must make time, to network and exchange notes and find out how we can make things happen. Those of us in the U.S. are the ones that have the key to put the pressure on the Biden administration on some of these deals around the diaspora. And those of you in different parts of the diaspora can build resistance movement and can open doors for economic opportunities and investments. We have got to have a collective strategy. In order to have a collective strategy, we must collect. But we have been operating too long in trained behavior. When they kidnapped us from the shores of West Africa and brought us to the United States, the only way they could maintain slavery for almost 280 years, chattel slavery, is they had to train us to think and act like a slave. So by the second or third generation of slaves, we were not even pursuing in the majority of us to get free because we had been given the mentality of slavery and thought this is what we were born to be. In the nations they colonized, where a minority of people were dominating and controlling not only the politics, but the resources, the natural resources of that land. How could they get away with that? Because they train the mind. Even though you're the majority, you're savages. You can't think. Your cerebral abilities are limited. And you need us to make magic happen out of the natural resources you have. We have been a victim of trained behavior. By our oppressors, our slave masters, depending on where we are in the diaspora, where we are in the globe, we must now retrain our minds as free and powerful people that have been held down that refuse to be held down anymore. And that communicate with each other because you can no longer tell us who we can talk to. And you can no longer tell us the basis of our conversation. And with this new ability of communications and technology, there's nothing standing in our way but us. If we can find a way to get music around the world, we can find a way to get message around the world. And we can find a way to get strategy around the world and rise up together. So my message to you is let's build this network. Let this summit the, the impetus of, of, of us saying we need to network and strengthen our communication and rise up together. Because the same forces, both business and political, that are holding us down in Africa, are holding us down in the Caribbean, and they're holding us down South America, and they're holding us down in the United States and Canada. It's the same person. The same people.